We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Advanced Sports Analytics Show here on Roto-Grinders. Back together, the gang's back together for the Super Bowl. We got we got Super Bowl contests that are coming, coming big money on multiple sites, including, including Super Draft. Super Draft, where you don't even have salaries. You have multipliers. It's kind of the same thing. We'll talk about it a little bit. But if you sign up there at Super Draft with the promo code GRINDERS, Use that promo code. You'll get an exclusive Roto-Grinders $50 instant deposit bonus on the first deposit. That's in addition to the standard 50% match up to 500 bucks. And then in addition to that, you'll get included into a raffle exclusively for Roto-Grinders signups that get 100,000 Caesars rewards credits for, for that random raffle winner. At the end of February, that's worth like a thousand bucks at Caesars Properties because uh, Caesars uh, kind of acquired Super Draft, and I know two two fellas that are doing a lot with Super Draft from Advanced Sports Analytics. The man behind the model, Stuart Gibson, and the man on should I say on top of the model? That's that's it's a little little racy. It's Brandon Adams. Uh, you've been telling me before the show that I I've, I've not yet played on Super Draft. I'm going to be putting in this promo code because I want my free money. And you know me, I'm a nit. I'll take my $50 exclusive instant deposit bonus. Uh, what would be the, the top reason to, to play on Super Draft? Although that, from the looks of it, the format is slightly different because it's multipliers. You can roster all the best players, but that's not necessarily the best lineup to roster. Well, we, we've been calling it uh, Overlay City. Uh, they're giving away uh, 20, 30K in overlay every night. So that's, that's reason number one. If you put in average lineups, you have a, har, a high ROI. Um, reason number two is that uh, the cash games are the lowest rakes in the industry. Um, so that's good for people that like cash games. And um, it's a challenging format that I expect will become increasingly popular as Caesars really uh, <clears throat> goes to town with marketing. And so learning it early has some advantages. But ultimately, the multipliers is very similar to the salary structure. I mean, for instance, uh, in, in NFL, I mean, you could roster Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey and Brady and... Evans. I mean, you could you could play that for the Super Bowl, 
But if they're all going to be just like 1x, it may be more valuable to roster someone that's getting a 1.8x multiplier. But that's to me, that's if, if someone had a 2x multiplier and someone had a 1x multiplier, isn't that the same as someone having a, a salary on, on DraftKings or FanDuel as 10,000 versus 5,000? It's, it's very similar, I would say. Um, I think that uh, DraftKings has a pretty good product for single game that allows for lots of different avenues for lineup construction. And um, I well, think- How does Super tend Draft get, do their, we, I, you tend to get how does Super Draft there. do their single game format? The single game format is uh, five slots and you have the, the champion slot where you get a 50% kicker on, on your multiplier. And then you have four super flex spots where um, it's just standard multiplier. So it's, it's five slots, which Stuart and I like because um, you have to make some tough trade-offs. Like Stuart in his first look at it concluded that it's probably not wise to play both quarterbacks. Um, and in general, you have to make, I think, some pretty tough trade-offs with the with five slots. And um, for the large field tournaments, you you do have to nail the champion spot. Like you have to probably have the best person in the champion spot, um, which, which is we, different from DraftKings because DraftKings you you have to pay a price, one point five x on the salary, so the winning lineup may have not, may not have the highest scoring player in that spot, but usually it's the highest scoring point per dollar player in the spot yet on super draft. It's very similar to FanDuel, where, because there's no salary multiplier or multi multiplier multiplier that you really need, you need whoever's the highest scoring fantasy points player. That's, that's the person, that's the one that's going to be in the winning lineup in the champion spot. Well, yeah, I mean, I would note that it's you're focusing on the highest score post multiplier. Um, well, that's you know, what I mean. The highest yeah. that, that gives you the most amount of points in that spot. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I think one one notion about the idea of, well, how does 2x relate to 1x similarly to like 10k versus 5k? You know, I do think when it's in a salaried format, you have a, you know, ceiling constraint on salary such that rostering a 10x guy is or I'm sorry, 10,000 guy is at times prohibitive to rostering other players in a similar price tier or some price tier that is high enough such that it doesn't fit. You know, there is no constraint on like maximum or minimum multiplier use. So rostering, you know, a one X guy isn't prohibitive of any other roster decisions. Uh, you know, I think at, I mean, potentially knee-jerk reaction is like, oh, well, great. I can play all the best players without any sort of constraints or penalty. Um, I think in the way we've been looking at it, there is some, uh, you know, downside to doing that. You know, the idea that this multiplier brings is that it really just like expands the range of outcomes uh, for a player. You know, a player has some distribution around a mean, some, you know, 75th and 25th percentile outcome when they're at one X that range is that distribution, but when they're at two X um, you know, that range is doubled in terms of, you know, possible outcomes. So uh, 
you know, okay, great. So let's just play all the highest multiplier guys because they have the highest ceilings. Well, you know, that range is doubled such that they also have kind of exceptionally low floors because uh, they're at 2x because they have these true zero floors that, you know, the 1x guys uh, don't have. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting exercise that we're continuing to try to work through and, you know, think about good gameplay. And I think, uh, you know, the industry as a whole is probably continuing to think about that as well. And that does create, I think, uh, slightly less than like maximum efficient gameplay. Um, you know, the industry as a whole, like it's not super draft projections aren't ubiquitous the way they are like DraftKings or FanDuel projections are. And, you know, let's be honest, like projections make for efficient gameplay. And when there's a, you know, not full capacity uh, for, of projections, you know, I don't think we're quite at maximum efficiency gameplay. So with that in mind, I think Brandon and I have both found that, you know, in the short term, there's some really good, um, you know, plus EV opportunities in, in football, uh, basketball, some of the other sports as well. So, um, yeah. I mean, because we currently don't have super draft as a format in lineup HQ. Mm-hmm. I would hope that that comes soon. Uh, but I mean, you could just take the projections I mean, you could export projections. I mean, we could take projections from ASA. I could throw them in Excel and I could, I could make them go with the format for, for Superdraft. But how does it change? And I'm asking questions legitimately because I've, I've not played there. So like this, I'm new to this also. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested in how does that, how does the, the relation in, of correlation in your lineups change when Obviously on a DraftKings or a FanDuel with the salary cap ceiling that like there's certain correlations in my lineup. I like, I can't make with the salaries. Like if, yes, I could play, I could play Kelsey. I could play Hill. I could play uh, Mahomes, but then I probably on DraftKings can't play Brady, Brady to God. I can't play that. I have to, I have to probably play someone in the $1,200 range that who knows what they're correlated to or anything is because it's the fact that, uh, you're not, there's no salary cap ceiling. What, what is the effect on the amount of correlation or lack of correlation and the benefits of that in your lineup also versus we also have to talk about the field that, because everyone could do that. So what, what is the trade-off there versus a site like DraftKings and FanDuel? Well, yeah, I think, um, oh, sorry, go for it. Um, I'll just have a quick answer, then you can go for it. I, I, my, my belief is that correlation is slightly less important than it is on DraftKings and FanDuel. Um, it is important, but I think it is somewhat less important. Um, and I think probably more important because you only have five lineups spots is thinking about scenarios that might happen and having a lineup that is consistent on a scenario basis. So for instance, if you have the belief that uh, Ronald Jones is the running back, they might go to if Tampa Bay is ahead, then have Ronald Jones in the champion in stories where Tampa Bay is performing very well. If your belief is that Fournette is great value, but he's the person that will be from, from the behind game script, then have Fournette in the, in the Hill, Kelsey, Mahomes type lineup. Um, so, I, so we think it's important to sort of 
tell stories based on scenarios that might happen and you choose your scenarios based on, as always, what other people are not on and scenarios that you think are somewhat likely to, to happen. And I, just another quick note, on the optimizer side, we have a free optimizer at advancedsportsanalytics.com. You can just click on free NFL uh, super draft optimizer. Yeah, in, in my mind, uh, it's almost inverse to like the discussion we have around DraftKings, right? Like Jordan, you talked about on the show, I think many times that you're more sensitive to correlations and sometimes you know negative correlations between skill players at the high end of the salary range and towards the lower end, uh, there's just less sensitivity there. Um, but on, but on super draft, don't I not have to even worry about that since right. I, could, I could roster anyone I want. Frank. Sure. Yeah. Um, I guess though, I guess what I'm, the, I will get to is that I, I think there is more sensitivity to correlation at the high multiplier side um, on Superdraft and lower sensitivity to correlation at the low multiplier side. The idea being that like on DraftKings, I think uh, in their conventional like single point, I mean, they're, they're single point PPR for everything, uh, classic and showdown, right? Like we tend to lean hev more heavily on correlation uh, and correlative lineups than on FanDuel where there's only a half point PPR. The idea being that these mutually beneficial plays specifically the quarterback passing to the receiver has less mutual benefit when a reception is only worth half a point compared to when it's worth a full point. Superdraft has half point PPR, but because there's a multiplier effect for some players, that half point PPR is actually a full point PPR. Um, I think for much of the, for the postseason where, you know, you could play classic kind of multi-game formats, you know, you had this chief stat, uh, you know, chief side with Mahomes at one X, Kelsey at one X Hill at one X. And it's just like, there's not a whole lot of uh, reason for like trying to build super correlative lineups with that stack because the mutual benefit of the pass to receiver is less rewarding. There were like teams like Cleveland where, you know, uh, Mayfield was at like, I think 1.4 to 1.5 X uh, the past catchers were kind of in the high ones. And there was essentially more, um, mutually beneficial values to that quarterback to the receiver play. Um, so, you know, looking at this slate, you do have Mahomes at one uh, Hill and Kelsey are pretty low at 1.3, 1.4. Uh, the Tampa Bay side, you know, it's pretty much like plus 0.2 to 0.3 X across the board. You know, I think uh, Godwin and Evans are about uh, 0.3 above Hill, Kelsey Brady's 0.2 above Mahomes. So um, I don't know that that's, Maybe one way I, I, I have thought about it so far, um, the idea that correlation is more about, you know, the, the importance of correlation increases as the value of mutually beneficial plays increases, specifically quarterback to receiver at varying scales of multiplication, the mutual benefit of those plays uh, varies, right? Um, I don't know, so that's no, no I, th I think I get it. I also like the fact that Although we took a break, this is for the Super Bowl. It's the Chiefs versus the, the Bucks, and you somehow had to get the Browns in. <laughs> yeah, right. Just to keep just to keep the meme going. I'm just yeah. you're on Brown stacks every week. Yeah. So I, I I think what you're saying with the multiplier effect, especially with the PPR, is that the negative correlation is more amplified at the. It's it's kind of the reverse. 
So, for instance, in this game, if you're going to take a player like Tyler Johnson, like these fourth receivers, that their multiplier is so high that you probably wouldn't want to take two of them because most likely that that's the lucky 50-yard touchdown. You're going to get that multiplier effect out of that, but the likelihood of, of Scotty Miller also getting that with them. It's the same thing with a guy like Hardman or Demarcus Robinson that you probably don't want to play because on, on DraftKings, you almost have to because of the salary cap ceiling that sometimes you get stuck like, well, I guess I'm playing, I guess I'm playing Tyler Johnson and Byron Brangle just so I could jam in everyone else. But on super draft, since you get that multiplier, it actually makes more sense to limit your exposure to those dart throws and then rather take the raw points from a one X guy or a 1.2 X guy than play. And, and obviously there's an outcome where Byron Prindle catches the touchdown and Hardman catches the touchdown and Tyler Johnson catches the touchdown. I mean, obviously there's a scenario when that happens, but, but are you saying that because uh, their projection is so low that their the, the variance of their outcome is going to be so high and it's going to be on like maybe one to two catches that having multiple of those in your lineup when you don't need to because of salary is just not that beneficial. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're taking pretty much high multiplication at guys who a large part of their distribution is zero. Um, and should they, you know, exceed that potentially with one big play is super valuable. But if you take, you know, three shots on guys who all have 75% chances of scoring zero points, you know, you're kind of setting yourself up for a lot of pain. Um, I would say though, I'm, I'm more sensitive to uh, at least have been like, getting too many guys at the low end like the for example and especially like when when in prior weeks when kelsey and hill were one multiplier but even this week i mean they're at one three and one four which is very low for the pool the opportunity cost of any one play that goes to hill and therefore doesn't go to kelsey is quite high for those guys at that low multiplier to get to a tournament winning score they need to do so through large amounts of volume such that any one play that doesn't go to them and towards, you know, one or the other is extremely costly to the player. It doesn't go to as where a guy like Sammy Watkins, who is at 2.4, the cost of him not being targeted on any one play isn't super high just because he doesn't need to have massive, massive volume to pay off. Um, at least, at least that's how I think about it. I'm not, you know. But I mean, isn't that the same type of thinking you would with the salary cap game also? Sammy Watkins, I mean, we have Sammy Watkins at 4,200 on DraftKings for the showdown versus Tyreek Hill at 10-4. So it's mm -hmm. like, well, how much does Watkins have to do in order to pay off his salary? So Tyreek Hill gets a pass. It's like, well, as long as Watkins goes uh, four for 60 and a touchdown, he may he'd probably be in the winning lineup at 4,200. So it's still the same mentality that well, way. I would say one big difference is that um, a great thing about the Super Draft single game product is that a large number of lineups are live to win at any given time. Sim simply because you could theoretically have the 20 point play and let's just say it's from Hardman or Watkins in the captain and they're 
their sort of effective captain multiplier is like three and a half. That's like 70 points all of a sudden. Um, so because you have these lineups that have high multiple, high multiple players in there and a big play could happen at any moment, there, there are a, uh, a lot of lineups that are alive. And you could think of, you could think of it generally as um, often in the super draft pricing, the, the Tyree kills Mahomes of the world are actually like a great value in terms of me median outcome. And so when you choose to play those, it's like you're, you're laying odds against all of the other people that are playing the Hardmans and Robinsons and, and, and so on. Um, so a huge number of, um, lineups are are always live and um i find it i find it um a little bit different than than say the DraftKings product because if if you do have one of the cheap players like sammy watkins and he scores a, a touchdown that's typically whatever an eight to 15 point play but and it's it's relevant but it's it's usually uh that one play is not making your lineup in the way that it can if you had Watkins in the captain slot and he gets a super high multiple touchdown. I, I, I view it from, from the sound of it with this format, view it somewhere in the middle between DraftKings and FanDuel when it comes to, you know, the, the permutations or the, the common atronics. No, no, no. no. I, I, I think that FanDuel has a, they have a great product for full for full right slate, for full for, game, I'm talking about for single, single game though. for single game their their product is a little bit flawed because they have the same dollars whether you play them at the at the multiplied position or the non-multiplied position but you also have a salary cap there so isn't on super draft because you could roster like there are some rosters on DraftKings that you can't make like you can't not i cannot make up mahomes kelsey hill brady godwin lineup it goes all it goes over the salary cap so like that combination can't exist in a large field contest, but on FanDuel, you also have a salary cap. So you probably can't make that lineup regardless, even with the, without the, the salary multiplier. Yeah. FanDuel has super draft, you can make, you can, I mean, literally everything you can make. FanDuel has significantly fewer permutations based on the fact that the salary does not change at the captain spot. DraftKings, you have many more degrees of freedom, many more possibilities. And um, for five slots, Superdraft has an, in, an impressive number of possibilities. And the duplicated lineups are actually not common. Um, well, that's what I was going to ask you, Brandon. Like, had are in, in your limited experience, I guess. I mean, I don't, I don't know how to say, like, the, the showdown one-game format. But what would you think – I'm just pondering – would you think the default position that a, 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 a user that may not be as accustomed to thinking analytically about DFS, that the most dupe lineup will be the lineup that just jams in all the, like the top plays, even if they're not much of a multiple, like, are we going to see a lot of Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill, Brady, Godwood lineups? No, I, no, I think, um, certainly our optimizer, uh, does not tend to love that type of lineup and will will always give you pieces that are high multiplier and i would i expect a lot of lineup diversity and the way 
the way that I would think about this Super Bowl contest, if I were playing for the first time, I would think about it in terms of, um, I want to try to, to win the champion spot. Okay. Like I want to have the best guy that I can on the champion spot. Um, and a reasonable thing to do there would be to, um, start to look at, at player props. Obviously the player prop market for the Super Bowl is well-developed. Um, and, and think about your probability, your probability assessment of each individual player giving their multiplier being the highest, uh, point scorer at the captain spot and sort of thinking about your ownership in those terms. So, so we did this thought exercise yesterday, Stuart and I, we, we gave, and I'll pose this question to you. It will be interesting. Um, Three people that have high multipliers at the champion spot are Edwards, Hilaire, Fournette, and Jones, okay? Their multipliers are 2.55 for Edwards, Hilaire, 2.65 for, for Fournette, 2.95 for Jones. This is um, most similar to FanDuel scoring where it's very touchdown dependent. If one of those players were to score two or more touchdowns in the game, there's a very high probability that they win the champion spot. So I pose to you the question, what do you think is the price of one of those three players scoring two or more touchdowns? Edwards, Hilaire, Fournette, or Jones, one of them has to score two touchdowns or more in the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, I would just I would go to the prop market and I'd start multiplying the, the money line odds. Uh, I, yeah, we we have not done that, but um, I mean that's what I would do. I mean I'm not going to do it on the show, but I mean that would be the methodology. Peter Jennings gave an estimate that, without looking it up yet, I thought was probably like on the money. He said 45, percent and I like I think that that's probably quite close. Um, so that would, in my mind, say that 45 percent of the time. Uh, one of those three players is very likely to win the champion spot. And so I kind of start my lineup construction there. I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking, um, okay, I don't have super strong preferences for which one it is. I, if I'm having to choose, I'll take Jones because um, he's the highest multiplier. And, and so I'll try different combos of lineups with those people up top. If I'm choosing Fournette up top, I'll I'll have kind of more KC players. If I'm choosing Jones up up top, I'll have more Tampa Bay players. I'll I'll have sort of consistent lineups, but I'll be playing for the guy that I pick, let's say it's Jones, winning the champion spot and then building accordingly. Um and then likewise, if you want to do let's just say a Mahomes champion spot you have to say to yourself, what does that look like if Mahomes wins the champion spot? Well, it looks like a massive game. He's probably going to have to have 350 to 400 yards, four or five touchdowns. Like it looks like a massive game in most, most of the time. So, so then um, that will 
obviously have you eliminate Edward Tolaire, or in my mind, it has you eliminate Edward Tolaire. And it probably has you playing um, three pass catchers because if Tyreek catches three of the touchdowns, then probably he's your champion. Um, so I think Mahomes will probably, because he's the highest expectation, he will probably be very popular at the champion, but Stuart and I don't think that's a good play. Because we, we tend to think that it will be over-owned relative to the probability that he wins the champion spot. Um, this is very so- similar to draft. I mean, you're describing exactly how I play showdown on DraftKings. Like, if the multiplier is, if you're going to play the quarterback, like, you have to, where's the scenario where he's the highest scorer? Well, you're going to need multiple touchdowns, and hopefully it's not through the same wide receiver because then the wide receiver would end up being the winning captain. And many times... On draft, I mean, I, I do the showdown shows on on Monday nights, on Sunday nights, and so so many, so many. I'm like, nope, no quarterback captains, no quarterback captains, because they're they tend to be overowned. And the only times that I play the quarterback captains is when it's the underdog quarterback at a cheap price that people just don't want to play. So it's like, and then because they're cheaper, I don't need like four touchdowns out of them. It's the it's uh, everything always comes down to vomit stacks. Uh, but my thought when you were describing the the three running backs over there, like I, you're thinking in terms of, which I agree of, well, which one is it? You take Ronald Jones, you'll take Fournette, CEH from a, from a, I, I think more about what my opponents are doing a lot of times in DFS versus like what the projections say, like what, what is the most likely outcome? I, I immediately thought towards CEH. Because I'm going to assume the ownership of Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill will be high. And CEH rushing touchdowns are the most negatively correlated to, to those three outcomes. So if I want to beat my opponents with a lower score, right? Because Hill doesn't get gets 90 yards and nothing. Kelsey may get 80 yards and a touchdown. Mahomes only has two passing touchdowns. And... CH has two rushing touchdowns. Like to me, I think I, I'd more likely be unique or less, I'll have a less o- lower ownership product in my lineup that that may have a higher expected, it may happen less often, but may have a higher expected value than by playing something like Ronald Jones and the captain and then playing the chief, you know, basically Ronald Jones scores two or three touchdowns, but the Chiefs still, you know, they still get there. So you're playing Chiefs in your lineup also. So, I mean, you could think in both directions. I, I don't think what I'm saying is wrong, and I don't think what you're saying is wrong. But, like, my immediate reaction to a lot of this stuff when it comes to one-game contests is how can how can I go after the more likely outcome in the less likely way versus the less likely? Like, you, yeah, you could onslaught the Bucks and just go, the Chiefs are going to lose 35-3. to three. Like, that's the least likely outcome. It's easy to build that lineup. It's just, it's a very least less likely outcome. I'm thinking more in terms of Kansas city wins 32 to 14. It just comes through different players than what people are expecting. Yeah. I, I like that thought of Edward Tolaire up top uh, for the reasons you mentioned his doing well excludes some other important people from doing well. I think that's a great play. Um, equity wise, he's, not given a uh, especially generous multiplier, 
but that means no one's going to play him. I think, I think that's a good game theory play for sure. Um, and the expectation that Stewart and I have is that um, Mahomes will be overowned just because his projection is so good and it's just so natural to play him up top and then play the skill players with him. Um, well, do you think it'll be overowned in just a normal flex spot? Are you considering lineups that don't um, have Mahomes in it at all? Well, that, yes, because that type of lineup warrants consideration. If you are, uh, you know, you want to build lineups through the Tampa Bay side. Um, but I, what I'm saying, Stuart, is like in, in DK Showdown. I'm go, my, all my experiences in drafting Showdown. It's the common build if you play a wide receiver in your captain spot. Right to play the quarterback and the flex because they're correlated to one another. How does Tyreek Hill have a 170 yard, you know, three touchdown game without Hill, without uh, Mahomes having a bunch of it? But in lower scoring games, I always say this on the showdown shows: the lower the scoring of the game, the less correlation matters because the range of outcomes between the players gets narrower because no one's putting up big scores. Now in high scoring games. Typically, that's when correlation matters a lot more. Get team scores 42 points. Most likely, it's the quarterback, three receivers. It's it's very easy to put together. But, I mean, we saw a Super Bowl like two years ago that was like, what, seven to three? I mean, like it was – what was that Patriots? Yeah, Rams. Rams Super Bowl was like 10 to seven. Like in those types of games, like anything – I mean, you'll have uh, – I mean, you, you'll have a wide receiver, too, in the captain spot, and then no – neither quarterback, a defense – the backup tight end, and it's just like, like, again, a low-scoring game. Like, you just basically have to find the touchdowns and get enough raw points, and you're in. Uh, so, in the case of on Super Draft, do you see an instance where you're playing someone like Kelsey or Hill in the in the in the champion spot, and then not playing Mahomes, even though you're saying that the wide receiver will still be the highest-scoring player? For me, for me, um, that's not going to be a, a common build. If I were playing 20 lineups in a thousand person field, I would probably have um, both quarterbacks in like 10 to 20% of the lineups. And then um, possibly in all of the other lineups, I would have just one of the quarterbacks in there. Um and I would have. Now you're against the quarterbacks primarily because of ownership, not necessarily because of projection. In in the uh, champion spot, yeah. Okay. So I, I will say one one route where it's a very edge case, but we we unfortunately Superdraft doesn't allow CSV download of contests, so it is like difficult to retrospectively go back and evaluate. Can't even get access to historical pricing. Um, but we did have, you know, Tampa Bay versus Kansas city in the regular season. And some things have changed. Some things are different. Um, but I, I ran, um, I guess applied current pricing to the outcomes observed in that regular season game. Um, Mahomes only appeared in 30% of, I'm sorry, 70% of lineups in which Tyreek Hill was the champion on all of them. Granted, that was a massive, massive outlier Tyreek Hill game. However, I, it, to me, it still does make sense where 
we could have an explosive game by an explosive and condensed, I guess, uh, Kansas City offense where much of the scoring comes through specifically one pass catcher at the exclusion of the others. Um, and Tampa Bay is functional uh, in a way that Brady uh, performs. Production is spread out among pass catchers, specifically ones at reasonably high multipliers. And with only five roster spots, you know, there are scenarios where good plays just aren't a part of the optimal lineup. Um, I guess in my mind there is, yeah, obviously Mahomes isn't necessary and optimal even as a flex if Kansas City's offense as a whole sputters or <clears throat> there's uh, run-heavy production. But I do think there are some, like, edge cases where Kansas City is effective through the air, but in, a, in a, like, a very, very condensed way. Uh, I guess the equivalent on DraftKings would be if they are uh, effective through the air and maybe there's a lot of uh, production through a particularly high point per dollar uh, player, you know, a cheap guy like Watkins, uh, you know, Robinson or Hardman, something like that. Um, and maybe like Hill has a, you know, another big game, not like, you know, 300 yards, three touchdowns. Um, I guess it's more viable in super draft just because Mahomes has this low one X multiplier where he's, you know, I think 0.2 lower than Brady. And then these, Tampa Bay pass catchers have this high multiplier, not high, but I mean, you know, in the 1.5 to two range, I do think there are routes to uh, a Kansas city pass catcher, like Hill or Kelsey or Hill plus Watkins, Kelsey plus Watkins or Hill plus Robinson, you know, Hardman, what have you. And just Mahomes, like not, you know, being squeezed out by production on the Tampa Bay side, just through guys that, you know, just naturally have a higher multiplier than um, than Mahomes, and you know, it could get squeezed out, I guess, in that in that type of game. Um, was, on, was, super, on, on, on super draft, do they have the kickers on the defenses? Yeah, so I was going to point out that uh, Peter Jennings suggested that the the multiplier on the kickers is sufficiently high as to make them interesting, and um, it was not something that I had explored so much, but. I, I, I took a look and they, they are compelling and can be a part of winning lineups and can possibly even be used as, as champion. It's, it seems crazy, but the multipliers are, are sufficiently high that the kickers are in play. Right. It's very similar to DraftKings. I mean, we, you don't see many kicker captain winners, but you see them every once in a while. Same for defense captain winners. But typically, like the defenses, as far as, on DraftKings, like you're hoping for either a low scoring game where you typically are looking at the defenses going, who's underneath the defenses price wise or multiplier wise and go, how many, how many of these players can outscore the defense? Cause the defense just doesn't have enough opportunities for ceiling because points allowed doesn't count for all that much. You really just need defensive touchdowns or just a lot of sacks or something, a lot of interceptions that they just, they, even with the multiplier, you're much more likely to get, you know, on one play, like uh, Scotty Miller could could outscore a defense times two. And the defenses don't have as much of a shot at that. But for that reason, they're also less owned. So uh, our, our optimizer had, for instance, suck up at, cat, at champion of 4% of the time currently. Um, 
and Butker's 0% of the time. But the optimizers are, they're a good starting point for super draft strategy. But for tournaments, um, the optimizer is asking different questions than you want to ask. For instance, like the optimizer is giving you um, 60% for net at champion just because it's it's a great play for raw score, right? Like for, me, for median. It's a great, a, yeah, it's an, a optimi great an optimizer median. just can't, the optimizer doesn't care about the standard deviation of the players. They're just looking at a, a median number and then just solving a knapsack problem. And there you go. No correlation, no ownership. No, yeah. just like that's yeah, it. So it's, a, it's a great play to just capture that extra 50% kicker on a super high equity player. So they, they give you a lot of Fournette at champion. And, and because because Brady is getting a significantly higher multiple than Mahomes, he's showing up 24% of the time versus only 3% for Mahomes. But I would argue the optimizer is asking a question that's different than what you want to ask. And the reasonable starting point is, what is the probability that this person is the highest scoring champion? I, I think I want to... Um, if the field is underestimating that, uh, I I want to play that player. So it, like Jones, for instance, is showing up none of the time, um, but I would argue that he's a player that might show up as champion 15% of the time and he's gonna be played 5%. So that's the type of person that I would play. Stuart, have you done like simulations? Cause I know, on Roto Grinders, we have Slate IQ and Jamino and Eric Bimefor, they run like the Monte Carlo on on they look at previous slates, you know, the the archetype of the players and the salaries, and then they run a thousand simulations and then see what what comes up in the top 0.1% of lineups in these large field contests. And then you could see where the leverage is. Do you do a similar type of process? Uh, that's not something we've done, and I, I would really like to do that. Unfortunately, the uh, algorithm that we use is focused on point projections with little uh, information around standard deviations or error, I guess, of those projections, and that's where that's super useful. So, um, or but That would be the concept that Brandon is kind of saying, like how often does this player appear in the winning lineup or in this spot or – you know, using using a simulation methodology to do that for a contest. It's something I'd love for us to do. I mean, the, you know, the quick solution would just be to assume some, uh, you know, air, air, air range that is some linear relationship to projection. But I, I don't necessarily think that's the right way to go about it because different players project for 15 points for different reasons. Uh, some of those underlying metrics are more fragile than others. I mean, I think it would probably be some sort of, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with like K nearest neighbor um, algorithm, but it's a, a, a method for identifying similar uh, instances or kind of clusters of data that have similar traits, uh, you know, variables that we're feeding into the model to the current, uh, you know, row or observation we're looking at. I think from that, you could see then a distribution of the, actuals that those nearest neighbors uh, produced, maybe do some weighting uh, of that actual by, uh, you know, closeness score. Uh, and then from there, you have a distribution that you can sample through, iterate over, 
of course, there's correlation components that are difficult to capture in uh, a simulation. I would kind of have to think about how to do that. But as, as you can tell, it's like a, a, a pretty uh, complex process that I just I don't think we'll have time to do before uh, the Super Bowl. But I, I do think it's a goal, I think, for us next year to uh, be able to have kind of simulative uh, opportunities for. Right. For it's, our- it's very similar, like on the ASA show every week. A lot of times people are confusing what you're talking about and what I'm talking about, where in your, in your model, you're looking to see who, what team has the highest probability of scoring X amount of points. But like that doesn't necessarily relate to DFS contests because yeah, they could score 33, but then no one, none of the players hit a ceiling. So who cares if they, we, we have plenty of times when we see the Colts 29 points and you can't play anyone because yeah, sure. They have an 11% chance of scoring the most points but that doesn't necessarily translate to them being valuable to roster. And we have to think more in terms of what stack is going to be most likely to be first place in a contest rather than the actual, like the sports analytics of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like the relationship between, between team cumulative fantasy points and teams points scored is not, you know, a, a, a fixed value for all teams, like different teams, you know, the Colts, I think we identified early as a team that just frequently has these respectable totals, but probably a low fantasy point, you know, team fantasy points per team point scored. And then like the Falcons were kind of a team that have like this high team fantasy point scored per actual point. Um, I do think it's interesting though. I will say of these two teams that are playing in the Super Bowl at least per my estimation, they would figure to have pretty similar um, like team fantasy points per uh, team point score. Does that seem reasonable to you or are there? Well, I think with Watkins in now, it comes a little closer, but I consider the Chiefs to be a little bit more condensed than than the Buccaneers with Brown. If Brown's going to play, like it all, to, at least that's what it feels like. I mean, it feels like uh, if you play the Chiefs most most weeks, like Mahomes, Kelsey Hill, you're done. And then the then the, the Buccaneers, it's like, oh, they have a big total. Guess I need to make 70 lineups to capture all the possible combinations just in case Cameron Bray catches a touchdown or Gronkowski or Brown or Godwin or Evan, and we start naming all these players. It doesn't seem like it's the same way distribution-wise on the Chiefs. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I agree. I, I was speaking more to the cumulative fantasy production of the team but you get into a good point in that, okay, even if we know that the Chiefs are going to score, I don't know, uh, 180 team fantasy points uh, and the Bucks are going to score 180 team fantasy points as well, you have a hard time pinning down how those 180 are going to be distributed among the Bucks, um, such that maybe the cumulative relationship between team points and fantasy points are similar. The predictability, I guess, of individual points fantasy points per team point is is a little more difficult to pin down on the buck side than it is the the chief side right well typically what what essentially what you're saying is that there's certain teams typically run heavy teams their total could be high but their fantasy points could be low because of ppr scoring and everything that like yeah the running backs getting some touchdowns but the receivers aren't really getting there also yet on pass heavy teams like if they have a total of 35, like their total pie distribute of, of points is going to be bigger than another run heavy teams, 35 total, because just like the quarterback is going to sit there 210 yards and two touchdowns, 
even though they score 35 points versus these, you know, Mahomes and Brady, they could each throw 300 yards and four touchdowns. And that's, that's feeding all the receivers. Like that's just getting you more fantasy points in general. That being said though, because Tampa Bay can be spread out, it does become very difficult on a main slate to play them because like they can be spread out and it's just like impossible for you to nail them precisely. But like with Kansas city being fairly condensed by heavying up on, by allocating, you know, five roster spots to Kansas city on DraftKings or four on super draft. Would you not think that maybe you set yourself up for some possibilities of like overextending yourself? Like I would say, I would posit that like with a three, two favoring Tampa Bay build or like a four, two on DraftKings Tampa Bay build, you have the, uh, like Kansas city feels like a team where you can get under there. There are certain game flows where you can get like 70% of Kansas city's fantasy production through two players. I mean, we saw that in the Tyreek explosion game um, as where Tampa Bay to feel like you get 70% of Tampa Bay production. I don't see how you can do that with just two players. I mean, it would have to be like, Ronald Jones rumbles for like 150 and three scores or something like that, which like seems super unlikely. I mean, between that need to capture large chunks of Tampa Bay's points with more players um, and Kansas city's ability to sometimes be condensed, might it make sense to, and, and, and I also think pricing is a little better on Tampa Bay side. Might it make sense to, skew towards Tampa Bay I think it gives you outs in that you can still win I think a Kansas City victory game with a 2-4 Tampa Bay build and then of course like I think showdown it's typically talked about like people always tend to underestimate the likelihood of a, a of a dog winning outright and especially in this kind of less than one touchdown uh, scenario you know it seems like the field skews favorite side and i don't know what i've observed to be like the 60 to 75 percent range and like in reality the probability of kansas city winning outright is probably between 50 and 60 given the current you know spread and then of course because of pricing and just the nets needed to kind of capture large chunks of team scoring i think you do have good outs to winning with a Tampa Bay heavy lineup, even if Kansas city wins, if they win in a way that is different than people expect. So, you know, Tyreek goes crazy, or like you said, you know, running backs dominate the show and Kansas city wins by, you know, not through Mahomes with the ground game. Anyways, I think it's interesting. And certainly our optimization function tends to be favoring the Kansas city side a little bit. Um, no, I agree with you on DraftKings on the, for the showdown. Like I'm going to be building primarily Tampa Bay lineups. Yeah. Like two, four type of lineups because of that very reason. And, and, but also because of the ownership, like we have here, you know, 50 plus percent on the three main chiefs guys. And I'm like, like one, if I, if I build with four Buccaneers, I can still use two of them. Maybe neither of them in the captain spot. And yeah they'll get unique enough because you know, I could find, I could find some lower owned players in here. I can make some semi unique lineups like that. So, so Brandon uh, from an overall perspective, 
like not just like Super Draft or DraftKings or FanDuel. Uh, I mean, obviously you seem to be heavy on on the running back concept, but you know that that could bite you in the ass. But less people are going to be doing. I mean, you have to expect that people are going to think this is a shootout through the passing game. Would you consider playing lineups with just neither quarterback and both running backs or something like that? My lineups are going to tend to have one quarterback. Um, that's just kind of what I'm going with. So I, I will, I will tend to play quarterback. I mean, these are some pretty good quarterbacks as we know, and, and they figure to be quite productive. So I will, I will choose to get different in the, in the receivers. And I have my favorite punts. I have my favorite pass. Are you going to just punts. close them? Stewart, Stewart turned me on to, to Cam Braid. I'm, 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 I'm going to get involved there. I decided. Uh, DraftKings. I mean, he's not like cheap on DraftKings. He right. has a very high multiplier. He's got 2.4 X, which is, uh, well, I don't know. Three is the max. So he's like, one of the he's probably him and like Tyler Johnson are the two highest multiplier skill players that are like actually in play. But on DraftKings, like he's not cheap. I mean, what him and Gronk are quite nearly the same price, right? Um, no, Gronk on DraftKings is three K. Oh, so Bray, yeah, Bray's more right. Like that's the thing, and I, I mean, I think that's pretty sharp pricing by DraftKings. Uh, it it almost feels like maybe. Gronk would be the way on DraftKings, at least like Gronk would be the way to go. Uh, you know, just hope that this uh, emergence of Braid and kind of just decreased role of Blender. Uh, sorry, of uh, Gronk is, you know, a flash in the pan. And maybe I'm going to have a very decreased role in the Super Bowl. I could just tell you that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a, <laughs> I, my decreased role will be from the couch. Like, <laughs> don't roster, don't roster me, no matter what the multiplier is. Yeah. So, so Brandon, uh, on Super Draft, are we expecting a lot of overlay, even just for the Super Bowl contest? Well, yeah, I think there will be a good bit of overlay. Um, it's hard to say what's going to overlay the most, but my my intuition would be that the they have a four dollar hundred k, I believe, and then also maybe a forty dollar hundred k. I expect both of those to overlay quite a bit, especially like the $4, just because they don't have enough players right now to fill that. So I'm, I'm expecting um, that might overlay whatever, 15% or so. Um, and that's good value, especially since it's a fairly flat payoff structure. It's not like the half to first kind of style. It's 20% to first. Um there's very good ROI in just entering high quality, high equity lineups. Right. And you could get that, that bonus right now. Use the promo code grinders. You get an exclusive $50 instant deposit bonus on your first deposit. Plus the standard 50% bonus match up to $500. And then you even, if you signed up with the promo code grinders, get into a raffle for a hundred thousand Caesars rewards credits. It's worth about a thousand bucks at Caesars Properties, and I'll be awarded at the end of February. I'll be signing up. I've, I've not played there yet, but if they're going to give me free money, I'm going to use the promo code and I'm going to get my free money. I'm going to get my overlay, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be using my CH 
running back lineups against your Ronald Jones running back lineups in the champion spot to see maybe maybe I get I get unique come up on on top yeah I, I can't wish you guys luck right if I'm gonna be you're you're making you're you're enticing me there you've been hoarding super draft for this long now now the big boys are coming in now hey, now get, we're, get involved we're with together. the the ASA optimizer is good good stuff the free ASA optimizer well I have to go there because it's not in lineup HQ yet so I'm gonna go to advancedsportsanalytics.com they got their free optimizer there you're doing stuff for basketball too right Stuart yeah, I, um, I'm not a huge NBA DFS guy, but have uh, found the current ecosystem of Superdraft to be plus EV for NBA as well, which is, as you know, like a super high efficiency, uh, you know, lobby. And uh, yeah, we've been doing basketball. We fired up uh, NHL projections, which have been, um, I think, pretty strong so far. Uh, you know, continuing golf, baseball season, not that far away. Um, I'll be kind of happy for NFL season to be over and uh, but it certainly won't be like a huge break or anything, but um, be fun to kind of dive into some of those more niche sports and we'll be doing all of it. Yeah. At, at the website. And Brandon, you still have your podcast running. Listen to the last episode. I oh, you thanks. Ran, thanks. You Brandon, ran out and got some more GameStop stock before it dropped. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get involved in that, but it was fun <laughs> chatting about it. You know, it'd be better investment. Signing up for Super Draft with the promo code Grinders. That's right. And I have to say, it's so much better listening to that pitch than the, the manscaping pitch we were doing for a while. <laughs> you want, I can, I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> we can talk about that if you want. <laughs> okay. Thanks, so so for, for, for the Super Bowl, we'll, we'll hopefully be back next year. This is the last time, maybe the last time you hear from the three of us on the ASA show. It's Man Sports Analytics with Stuart Gibson. Brandon Adams and me, Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender, the Advanced Sports Analytics Show on rotogrinders.com. Grinders.com.